You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, a weird game to discuss in the first segment. Just absurd everything that happened from catcher interferences to check swing double plays to... Uh, Just another frustrating one for this Mets team. We'll go through it all in the second segment. Uh, Tyler McGill did not pitch well, and I think it's time the Mets send him down to AAA and get another option. So I'll explain uh, why I believe that to be the case then. And then in the final segment, Daniel Vogelback seems to be coming around. Could this be sustainable for the Mets lineup moving forward? Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FicklesteinRyan. Also, find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same goes with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit at eBayMotors.com. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And the Mets' loss to the Astros was just a funky game on Wednesday. There's really no other way to describe it. And obviously McGill is uh, my big talking point. We're going to get to that in the next segment, but I just want to go through the weirdness and the absurdity of this one where the Mets had the bases loaded in the first. They don't score. Pete Alonso checks swing. Uh, ball hits off his bat. Christian Javier fields it. Pitcher to the catcher. Alonso's running like 30 feet out of the baseline. He gets called for interference. Double play. Basically kills your rally. Tommy Pham did walk to load the bases, but Jeff McNeil popped out, and the Mets lost an opportunity to score runs early, and then they immediately fall in a hole, and a self-inflicted one. Tyler McGill gives up a double with one out. Then a catcher interference allows Kyle Tucker to get on. A pair of wild pitches allows the runners to advance twice, so that leads to the first run. Alex Bregsman's single leads to the second run, and the Mets are in an early hole, but they pulled out of it. And that bad inning all around the top and the bottom half was a race because you had Daniel Vogelback lead off a rally. You had Brett Beatty get a hit as well. Nervais popped out. Brandon Immo loaded the bases with a walk. And then Starling Marte down in the count hits a ball that was, I mean, <laughs> nearly on the floor and somehow gets a barrel on it and puts it over the left fielder's head. There's a chance he could have caught that, but I think he was so surprised that how well that ball was struck considering where it was pitched and the Mets were able to tie it up. And then Francisco Lindor got a sacrifice fly. And for a brief moment, the Mets had a lead and it held bottom of the second Tyler McGill walks the tightrope. He literally walks it because he walked three batters somehow didn't give up a run, go to the third inning. The Mets add on. Okay. Tommy Pham got a hit. He stole second base. Daniel Vogelback gets a double. All of a sudden the Mets are cooking with gas, but I felt, and it's crazy, as soon as McGill walked out to the mouth of a two-run lead, I felt like the Mets should pull him, which you can't do with your starting pitcher, but he walks the leadoff batter, gives up a base hit, 
gets a strikeout, gives up another hit, and all of a sudden, it's a tie game. And then they pull. And you go to Dominic Leone, and he ends up giving up a two-run homer, and all of a sudden, you're losing 6-4. to four. But the Mets, again, find a way to battle back. Starling Marte gets a hit, steals second. Lindor draws a walk. There's a pair of strikeouts from Alonzo and Pham. Jeff McNeil gets hit to load the bases. And once again, you have Daniel Vogel back up in an RBI spot. Bases loaded, coming through with the base hit to drive in two. It's a new ball game heading into the fourth. And this is where the complaints on Buck Showalter's bullpen management arise for me. Okay, you had Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer cover 15 out of 18 innings in the first two games. Your bullpen's actually rested for once. You have an off day on Thursday. Manage this game like it's game seven of the World Series. Manage this game like there's no tomorrow because your team needs a series victory. Why are you throwing relievers out there for second innings when you have a rested bullpen? I get Dominic Leone has been good for the Mets at times this year, but he's also been bad, and he also gave up a home run that blew the lead. Why send them back out there like you're taxed for pitching at the moment? I know the Mets are a man short in the bullpen. But I would have liked to see Grant Harwick start that inning instead of coming into that inning after you let Leon give up another home run and all of a sudden you're in a 9-6 to hole. And then the following inning, he sends Harwick out to start the frame. Because, again, he's trying to get length out of these guys. And in that instance, it's a little bit better because you're trailing by three at that point. But Hartwig was lucky to get out of it because he walked three. The rare game where you have two pitchers walk three in innings where they didn't give up runs. Absurd. But the Mets battled back. Lindor with a double where he nearly homered. Then Alonzo does homer. So now you're down by one. And you're a, a top, uh, you know a Brett Beatty. Uh, single away where you have Corey Jolks make a diving catch, um, which otherwise would have scored Tommy Pham from tying the ball game. But you just don't get there. Go to Josh Walker to start the next inning. Okay, that's fine. I was already thinking, you know, maybe go to your, you know, Brooks Raley, Adam Adovino, David Robertson's of the world at that point. But okay, clean inning. And he gets out of it. But it's line outs at 98 miles per hour off Kyle Tucker's bat, 100.5 miles per hour off Alex Bregman's bat, and off Diaz's bat, 97.1. It's not like he looked great. It was three well-struck balls. Mets go one, two, three. He sends Walker back out there in the seventh. And again, it's not why the Mets lost. They lost because of Leon giving up all those runs, but and Miguel not starting off great. But it's still frustrating to me that you get to that point and you could have gone to Adam Adovino to start the seventh inning. And maybe it's a one-run deficit instead of a two-run deficit. Not to mention, I should have I should have uh, brought it up in the top of the seventh. Brandon Immo missed a home run that would have tied the game by a couple of feet and then got gunned down at second base by Corey Jolks, who just killed them defensively and offensively in this series. Walker gives up a couple base runners, has to come out of the game with an injury as he got hit by a comebacker. Adam Montevino comes in, gets a strikeout, and then they give up a run on a sacrifice bunt on a safety squeeze play. Um, and, you know, if Adovino had a clean inning, maybe the score is 9-8 instead of 10-8, and, and who knows? Maybe if it was an, a, a you know one less run deficit, maybe the Mets would have battled back. But ultimately they couldn't, and, you know, the Astros were able to hand it off to 
their late inning guys that are good and they, they got the job done and you lose a series where you scored, what was it, 22 runs in three games, something like that, 11, 8, and 3, if I'm not mistaken, off the top of my head. I don't think the offense is a problem right now. I think the offense is actually coming into its own. But it's figuring out this pitching staff. And Tyler McGill, a massive concern there. Rough start. I feel like it should be his last in a Mets uniform for a while. I want to get to that in just a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are incredibly comfortable shorts. They stretch. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look, which you can take anywhere. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemons, but they fit way better. Okay, They fit better to the point that you know, you don't have to wear a basketball short if you want comfort. And if you want to look good, you don't have to wear that rigid cargo or, or other khaki shorts. You could wear your khaki bird dogs in replacement on the golf course, on a bike ride. They really are versatile where there's no reason not to be wearing bird dogs, quite honestly. So if you want to try bird dogs, which also have their anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, which will keep you cool and dry all day long. What you're going to do is you're going to go to birddogs.com slash locked and LB in there. They're going to give you a free gift of a bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler, just like this one. If you're watching on YouTube again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on LB promo code locked on LB for that free gift of the Yeti style bird dogs tumbler. The New York Mets need to move on from Tyler McGill. He was awful in this game, and he's been bad lately. Uh, he did have a really good outing against the Cardinals where he went six and allowed one run with seven strikeouts, but that has clearly been the aberration. And even with that, his last seven starts, 6.68 ERA. With that good start mixed in. On the season now, he's made 15 starts. He has a 5.17 ERA. He is somehow six and four. That's why records don't always matter too much. The strikeouts are bad based on the innings pitch, only 58 and 71 and a third. His whip on the season is 1.67, walking way too many batters. That was the story again today and giving up too many hits. Four hits allowed, four walks, only two strikeouts, didn't make it out of the third. And you look at you know the season he's had, he started the year with a 3.96 ERA in his first five starts in April. He was Pretty decent, you know, and then you go beyond that. He had a 5-2-8 ERA in May, and so far in June, it's 6-7-5. He gave up seven runs, uh, well, nine runs, actually, seven earned runs against the Pirates and, you know, a couple starts ago. He's had a couple good starts, a couple bad starts this month. I, I just feel like you're at a point this year where you've seen it. Yes, at times, he's going to attack the zone enough, and they're going to hit into outs, and he's going to find his way. But more often than not, he's not missing bats, and he's walking too many, and all the peripherals are telling you, too, that this guy just has not been a good pitcher, okay? His expected ERA, he's in the bottom 11% in all of baseball. His expected ERA this season is 5.78, and that's not even including what he did today. The strikeout rate, you know, last couple years, 26.1% in 2021, 25.5% 2022. This year, 17.9%. The walks his first two seasons, 7.1%, 6.5%. This year, 11.2%. You can look at this season and very directly point at Tyler McGill and David Peterson as some of the biggest reasons why this Mets team has been bad. 
because they expected these guys to be quality back-end starters for them, and both of them have dropped the ball, and McGill has gotten more run. And at this point, you just can't keep rolling with it. I know the idea was that you would keep McGill in the rotation and let him get you to Jose Quintana. But you have Joey Lucchese, who just won the International League Player of the Week, AAA Syracuse, as he had two stars where he pitched to a 1.32 ERA with 15 strikeouts and 13 and two-thirds. On this season in AAA, he has a 2.33 ERA, and you know his time with the Mets was not that bad. I mean, yes, you know he was sent down for a reason. His last few starts were great, weren't great, but he didn't get a ton of run and opportunity the same way McGill did. He had a great first start, seven innings scoreless. Second start wasn't bad, five and a third, three runs allowed. He's a couple outs away from a quality start there. Goes into Detroit, gives up four over four innings pitched. Colorado at home, three earned runs over four innings pitched. They And that was on short rest, I might add. Then they throw him out there against the Nationals. Doesn't make it out of the second inning, but only gave up one run in that one. And you moved on. And on the season, he has a 4-4-3 ERA. I know Joe Lucchese is uh, – or not sorry, well – Lucas is the guy I want up now, but I know uh, Jose Quintana is rehabbing and could be back before the all-star break. But if there's still one, maybe two starts until then, I don't know if you can just punt games. And it certainly feels lately like that's what you do at times with McGill. Like I said, third inning, I feel like they should have just pulled him and just gone straight to the bullpen and just had some foresight to say, look, we got a lead. Um, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. That game was so crazy that I'm I'm now trying to think back to the way the scoring was. Yeah, they had a three-two lead at that point. Okay, going into actually four-two, four-two heading into the the bottom of the third. Excuse me, I was just trying to get my my score straight here. But the point still stands. You're winning by two, entering the bottom of the third, and you have arrested bullpen and McGill looks awful. I know that Buck is trying to to get by and trying to figure things out and it's a long season, but man, have a sense of urgency. And that was just another instance where you just couldn't trust the starter that was on the mound. And then you don't feel confident handing obviously seven innings of the game to your bullpen, but you almost have to pick to the lesser of the two evils. It was clear from jump today that Tyler McGill did not have it. And unfortunately more often than not, that's been the case this season. So if it was me, I look in another direction, uh, but it's not my decision. It's up to Billy Epler and Buck Showalter and all the Mets brass here. And we'll see if they decide to ride this thing out a little bit further. But maybe, just maybe, this Mets team is showing the signs of a club that could get together in a hurry. Not to give you too much optimism, but we'll try to in just a minute. I want to talk about what Daniel Vogelbeck has done and how it could solidify roles on this roster. So we'll get to that uh, after another word from our sponsors. Daniel Vogelback just had a great game. Three for five, three RBIs, couple of RBI hits. Game prior, first game of the series, he had a home run, three RBIs. So he is starting to produce, 
And the Mets need this. They need to get production out of that DH spot. Since his a little mental break that he had where we didn't see him for a while, last we saw him was uh, in that series against the Braves, and he was off from June 7th was his last game where he went 0 for 3, part of a series where he went 0 for 7 with four strikeouts. Came back against the Cardinals, got two games in that series, two games in this series. Um, well, three games played, two starts in the series against the Cardinals. Had a pinching opportunity as well. But we've seen a couple of home runs. We've seen him drive the ball well. And you're seeing a much more confident player in the box. I was listening to Howie Rose. Um, I think it was actually around enough be a bet that he struck out uh, where Vogelback was going up against Rafael Montero. But he said it's interesting that a guy who – a couple of weeks ago looked like a shell in the box where you could really attack him to a guy that had kind of a hulking presence in the box. And that's what a couple of good games can do for you. And with Daniel Vogel back performing, suddenly you look at a Mets lineup that might put it all together. And you're going into a band box this weekend in Philly. There's every chance the Mets could have a big series offensively. Again, as I know, okay, I was off <laughs> earlier. I said the Mets scored 22 runs in this series. I uh, had his three runs in the second game in my head. It was two, but regardless, they still put up 21 runs in a three game series against an Astros pitching staff that threw out Framber Valdez, who was unbelievable. And Christian Javier, who was not, but is a good starter and Hunter Brown, who's had a really good season as well. So you face good pitching, um, a bullpen that certainly has quality arms and the Mets were able to find, you know, multiple rallies throughout these games to put up runs consistently and you look at that Cardinal series, they scored six in one game and seven in another. You look back at the series against the Yankees, they scored six runs in one game, four in another, and got a win in that second game where they only scored the four runs. The lineup is starting to click. And with Tommy Pham hitting, with Vogelback starting to come out a little bit, we've seen Francisco Lindor since the birth of his second daughter seem to have some extra daddy strength, and he is really striking the ball well. You got Pete Alonso back in the home run column today. Nimmo looks pretty good. The one guy I'm looking at, honestly, is Jeff McNeil, who's just been awful this year and um, seems to be in another funk. But if McNeil can break out of it a little bit and you keep getting the production that you have, even Stalin Marte swinging it a, a little bit better, um, as well as Mark Canna, like this lineup really can take off. And you know, with Jeff McNeil, last 15 games, 193 average, that needs to improve. On the season, he's hitting 267. This is a guy that won a batting title last year. It's a career 302 hitter. He's looking like 2021 Jeff McNeil. You need to be 2022 Jeff McNeil for this lineup to really click on all cylinders. But there's not a lot of glaring holes in it. So if you get good starting pitching, if some of these pieces that you found in that bullpen, whether it be Josh Walker, Grant Hartwig had a decent outing today. There was all the walks, but he did get the double play ball when he needed it. Uh, you're going to get Drew Smith back on Monday. We'll see. We'll see if this bullpen, I'm confident that the bullpen might round into form in short order. And I think the lineup's in a good place. The question for me is what are you getting out of Carlos Carrasco in that fifth spot in the rotation? And even sometimes Kodai Senga, and of course we know the ever present question of Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, but I see a, a world and the not too distant future where Scherzer and Verlander and Sanga are dependable, and you have Carrasco and Quintana in that back end of the rotation where the Mets might be able to finally string together good starts, and with a lineup that looks improved, 
with a bullpen that might not be taxed as much. If you get quality pitching from the back end of the rotation, you don't have games like this one where your starters are moved in the third inning. Maybe the Mets will play better baseball in the second half, but that does not still leave you with enough optimism to say it's a playoff team. It still could be a fire seller at the deadline. Quite honestly, if continues to torpedo this way, you have to start to win series. And if Buck Showalter doesn't show a sense of urgency in winning a series at a time, and at least just getting on the positive side of things in a game, where he had a chance to say where he had momentum and he continued to manage like the Mets were dealing with a tax bullpen that was just behind and might not climb out of it. Until you get that sense of urgency, I don't know where this team goes. So hopefully it happens. But if you have another bad series this weekend in Philadelphia, I will be having some long meetings if I'm Steve Cohen and Billy Epler about what the best course of action is. And maybe it's Eric Chavez as the Mets manager for the final half of this season, which we talked about on Monday's show, if I'm not mistaken. So make sure you check that out if you haven't. Uh, tomorrow's show for all you everydayers. We're going to be talking about the Steve Cohen era and if rushing the window has come back and blown up in the Mets' face. Um, and ultimately, the karma has gotten them to a point where they're not going to win and they've maybe set the franchise back when they were trying to speed up this window. So that's going to be a pretty juicy show. Make sure you check that out. Of course, also, I'll preview what lies ahead this weekend against the Phillies. Uh, and also the Mets, if you want to catch every pitch of their hometown broadcast against the Phillies, you can do so with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, Locked on Mets.